This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 28 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Desperate Horsewives. Welcome to the Stable Scoop with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. I am Helena B, and this is a special episode of the Stable Scoop radio show. And I am just absolutely beside myself because I actually have an official excuse to sit around with my horsey friends and chew the fat. (laughs) We have with us today um, three very special women. Uh, My co-host, Glenn, has the best wife in the world. Um, she's a dear, dear friend, and I'd like everybody to welcome Jennifer Hebert. Hi-ho. Hi, ho. And then we have um, another good friend of mine. Um, Sissy and I are relatively new to each other, but we've both been around horses for a while. Sissy Finn, she's from up here in Wenham, Massachusetts, so welcome, Sissy. Thank you. Hello. And we also have uh, Dina Burquist. And Dina and her husband have started, uh, well, their claim to fame is a fabulous um, social networking site, for lack of a better term, called equestrianlife.com, which by far blows away any other social networking site out there. Um, it's very well done. Both uh, Dina and her husband are involved in horses. And I think your, your children are as well. Is that right, Dina? Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you for the kind compliments. We really appreciate it. Oh, we love equestrian life. So what we're going to do today is um, basically talk about what it's like to be married, to be addicted to horses, and the sometimes desperate things I guess we do in order to make sure we keep horses in our lives and our husbands happy, and our kids too. So what, what do you think? you think this is a good topic for conversation? Absolutely. I don't know if it's a good topic to broadcast to the world, but it's a good topic for conversation. <laughs> well, I'll start, and then you guys can can follow suit. Um, one of the things that I find that I have to deal with being married and having obligations outside of horses is the guilt factor about how much time it takes to have horses and be involved with them because my horse, my husband's not horsey. So... Do any of you have that guilt factor, or how do you balance the whole time thing? Silence. Well, this is Dina, and I, <laughs> I, I guess I feel fortunate because, um, because uh, John has actually come to the dark side and is probably as passionate, if not more passionate, about horses than I am. So in our relationship, it ends up being the thing that we you know, spend a lot of time doing together and sort of our special time, you know, special time together, so... How long have you guys been married? Um, a, a while. <laughs> long time. <laughs> and he, so he was not horsey when you, when you met? No, uh, no, actually. He got bored of watching everybody else ride, and 
decided, you know, it must not be that hard to ride. So he decided he needed to jump into the action rather than just watching all of us. He had the when in Rome doing the Romans do syndrome. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like if I have to come watch, I might as well, you know, get on a horse and ride myself. Smart man. Yeah, exactly. And does he, how do you feel about his getting involved to the degree? Did you, is it a good thing? Oh, I love it. I love it. I don't have to feel guilty at all because he, he's the one that's trying, you know, spends more money on tack and horses and, and everything else, you know, more than I do. I'm trying to hold him back half the time. (laughs) Yeah. He now thinks he wants to get into polo, which I'm like, oh gosh, no, it's like another whole area of. Now, wait a minute. Don't you folks have mules? (laughs) <laughs> no, we've got we've got a bunch of hunter jumpers. Oh, that's right. You guys got the hunter jumper guys, and you also you guys also have some kids that do that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you have you have the uh, uh, Swiss family Robinson of horse families. That's like every woman's <laughs> holy like grail. That. I know what a dream. What a dream. Right. My husband the kids has not gone to the dark side. He's not. No, no he's not very horsey, is he? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> but I do have a clever plan in place. To get Which him is, to be horsey. Well, with my that? new move, with my new move, I'm going to get the whole family involved, and we're going to tell us about that. Horses. That's well, a pretty I, cool deal. I, my husband and I have been picked to be the curators of um, a very old house in Bradley Palmer State Park out here in Massachusetts, and um, 700 acres will be our backyard. And so we've negotiated some land with this deal, and um, I'm going to bring some horses home and hopefully get the whole family out there. That's fabulous. Wow. You can go right out your back door and go for an all-day trail ride. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> you can come with in. I want my own room. <laughs> the, be- the best part about that deal is you don't have to go to any family gathering that you don't really want to go to because you have the excuse of, sorry, got to take care of the horses. Absolutely. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it, it Wait a minute. Boone. Right. Have you used that excuse, Mamie, Jen? Who, me? <laughs> me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I deny it. I deny it. Well, wait, okay. You, you've you also got it kind of easy because you, you've you converted your husband over to the dark side, well, right? Well, see, he's kind of, he's a little bit unique in that he's not a horse guy. He's a horse people guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he'll sit around and gab about horses and hang out with horse people um, till his eyelids fall closed. Um, but he's not, he's not prone to hopping on their backs. Um, and really doesn't miss cleaning stalls even a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, it was re- it was really hard to ever convince him to scrub a water bucket. You know, somehow. did he? So he had no no involvement with horses at all before you so guys funny, met. He's so passionate. Um, cause, well, he's passionate about the industry and the people in it. Yeah. Versus those of us who have the um, horse virus or or gene. Um, <laughs> We're passionate about the animals and our interaction with the animals, mm-hmm. the animals' interactions with each other. Yeah. He, he's more about, and I think this probably stems from being around me too much, is he's passionate about figuring out and understanding and enjoying the people who have that disease. So he's really um, a, a horse fanatic doctor, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's a real people person. He, he's energized by people and and human relationships. Oh gosh, yes. He he just he never he never uh, tires of of rolling his eyeballs when uh, we're on vacation and we drive past a tack shop in t- some town we've never been to, and I'm going, "Oh my God, stop now!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he rolls his eyeballs and he stops. At least he stops. 
yeah. he stops. Now he sits in the car and. Uh, I was gonna say, does he go in? Well, what he'll do is he'll go in for a little while. Yeah. And then uh, he'll he'll go back out to the car and listen to a, listen to a podcast. All right. <laughs> I could good. never ever drag my husband into a tax shop. He wouldn't know what to do. He'd sit on the front step. Absolutely. Mine right? too. <laughs> right. They'd be together. They'd be together. Yeah. On the front step. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, or he'd like. I could see him picking up a piece of equipment with his his thumb and his pointer finger, and like, what's this for? <laughs> you know? I just roll my eyes. Oh, get out. Go wait outside. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, um, so the the separation works for you guys. Well, you know, I'd love for him to be more involved, but you know, when he does come up to the barn, he just he invariably finds himself puttering with things mechanical, or you know a hammer will suddenly appear out of nowhere or a drill and he starts puttering. Um, not so much with the horses, but you know, he'll, he'll find himself some busy work. That's so always f- good though. You need to plant oh. that hammer somewhere key. I know. I guess I should, <laughs> yeah, you know, little, maybe a little tin can full of nails in the general area of some broken fencing. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy who likes to feel useful, you know, and he's very supportive. You know, he's, he's quietly supportive. So that means I can pretty much take as much time as I want and push the, the boundaries of fairness, I guess. Very (laughs) fairness, honey. (laughs) I push those boundaries quite a bit and he doesn't, he just says, you know, nods his head quietly and that's fine. And that's great, honey. And good for you. But I don't think he's really going to be proactive about horses, and I guess I'll just have to – I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm working on my six-year-old. I'm, I'm gradually giving her little teaspoons full of horsey <laughs> Oh, she's, she's in deep already, Helena. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you don't have to feed her anything. She's in. She's got the she's got the disease. But it, you know, I kind of wish that he's I mean, he has his own passions and I would like him to get something a little bit more time consuming so that I would f- stop feeling so guilty. <laughs> Is he passionate about photography at all? No, he's he's a foodie. Right. He's a chef. So he does like to cook, but you know, that doesn't get him out of the house. It's called Food Network yeah. Challenge. I he'd be fabulous. There you go. Sign him up. <laughs> He's, he's talking about getting back into sailing. Oh, and, that, that's very time-consuming. That would be well, good. You know, and it's funny because, you know, I'm constantly on Dream Horse, constantly getting emails from Sissy and Jen and everybody else I know. Look at this horse and look at that. And I'll show him. He's like, what are you doing on your computer? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm trolling Dream Horse again. And finally, last night, he showed me an ad on Craigslist for a sailboat. Oh. You know what Somebody. that means, though, with Peter. That means he's been dwelling on it for months now. I know, I know. Yeah. So I, I kind of looked at, looked upwards towards the heavens and said, oh, please, God, let him find a hobby. <laughs> so, so Dina, Helena and Sissy alluded to the, her little one starting to get into horses. When yours were coming up, did you feel the urge to just instantly immerse them in your horse passion, or were you cognizant of going, I don't need to push my, my passion onto my kids, let them figure it out? Yeah, we, we never, we, you know, all, all the kids are quite different, and we, we don't really push them in any particular direction. We kind of let them figure out what they, you know, what they're yeah. passionate this, about. This is, a, this is the important I, question, though. Were any of yeah. the kids in the barn in the stroller while you were grooming your horse? 
I have to say yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in the baby Bjorn, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Those things are awesome. I had Grace in the baby Bjorn. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I personally think that whole um, horse fanatic virus that we have really yeah. is airborne. And somehow yeah, or another, all true. of us sucked in some kind of horse viruses. We drove past a horse farm on the interstate while our parent, our, our moms were pregnant or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's probably something to that, actually. Well, yeah. that's actually, that's a good, a good segue to fit. How did we all get involved with horses and how did we, uh, what, what's your horse life been from the minute you got into it up until now? So Jen, let's hear how you got started. Oh, oh gosh. Um, I inherited the gene from my mom who inherited it from a number of her relatives. And real early on, I think I was six years old, five years old. The, uh, the family went to a horse auction and bought a horse of completely inappropriate uh, personality and gender. And um, we promptly took this little horse and tied him to a cinder block in a field next to our house. Yeah, he was tied to a cinder block. And uh, let's just say it was a disaster. Um, but I was one of those kids that, you know, I had the, I had the gene. It, was, it didn't matter. I got kicked, dumped. Everything else, it had to be a horse. And I was really lucky because there were six children in our family, and I was the youngest. And as the others grew out of horses and discovered boys, girls, cars, whatever, I got to inherit their ponies. (laughs) So I got everybody else's ponies, too. (laughs) And every one of them was, you know, a a meat auction reject. You know, we were were of that uh, ilk, but I didn't care. They were all mine. And then carried you right through through Pony Club. You spent a long time in Pony Club too, didn't you? Yeah, I started that in about when I was about fourteen. I thought I was pretty hot stuff at that age because I could ride anything that Buck bolted and reared. And I, I knew nothing. All I could do was cling like a little burr. And uh, then I joined Pony Club, which thank goodness my mom got me to do that because I I needed to have my uh, my ego checked a little bit at that age. Mm. And, uh, it was great. I just. I just took it on and said, Dagon, this is exactly what I need because if you want to, you can really push to learn a great deal from that organization. And uh, that, that really, um, really focused my passion for the critter. Yeah. I, I often refer to Jennifer as, um, and, and, and this is to, with total affection, as, as a freak of nature because she is a walking encyclopedia of horse knowledge, both practical and book learned. Mm-hmm. You know, Pony Club really yeah. set you up. But uh, yeah. Well, frequently in the, the business I'm in now, occasionally people would ask what school I graduated from, and it really is the School of Hard Knocks. Um, but you can learn a lot in the school of hard knocks. If you ask enough questions of the doctors who are putting you back together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's that's kind of my story. And do you have any horses right now? You had to ask that. (laughs) No. Well, technically yes. No, I don't really have any horses. The good old, good old Pharaoh is only actually ours as much as anything you and me, you and me and Helena, just because, uh, when it comes, when it comes time for him to uh, obtain, room temperature i'm in charge of the arrangements but oh yeah you know he's just hanging out in a pasture eating grass back in pennsylvania he was he was fabulous he was technically my first horse (laughs) a very good choice by the way yes he was 30 something when i got him and uh, yeah and worth his weight in gold and then some but you know jen you you're living in lexington kentucky you're in the middle of you're you're the center of the horse universe by some folks standards you bet we are (laughs) 
And what, um, just quickly tell everybody a little bit about what you've done with the, um, the Secretariat Center. Um, the Secretariat Center is p- uh, a part of a larger organization called Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, which was started a number of year ba- years back by some folks who were concerned and involved in the racing industry. Um, a number of large farm owners, uh, prominent trainers and the like, um, realized that they needed to do, a, do something to raise awareness about the fact that ex-racing thoroughbreds can be wonderfully useful animals beyond the racetrack and have a venue for that. Um, and they started the TRF. The Secretariat Center is the only division that specifically exists to retrain thoroughbreds. Um, the larger number of horses that are involved are horses that are literally retired. They come off the track, they stand in a pasture, they get groomed and fed every day, um, and live out their lives happily for the next X number of years. They work a lot with, um, state penitentiaries and prisons, and they actually use the program to help rehabilitate inmates, which is really kind of a cool program. That's awesome. Yeah, That's and one of, it's kind of weird because here the Secretariat Center is at the, at the Kentucky Horse Park, and it is open to the public. Visit any time. Um, it's gorgeous. But right down the street is Blackburn, which is a prison where they also have some of the horses. And when you're driving down uh, I-75, some of those pastures full of horses you see before you get to Lexington are the horses that live at Blackburn. Um, but I go over there to the Secretariat Center as much as I can, and I hop on some of their horses and and putter around with them, and it's great fun. Susanna and I have a great relationship, and I get to sit on the horses and ask them what they would like to become because right now they know how to be a racehorse. It's kind of like a young person in high school. Um, He doesn't know if he wants to be a soccer player if he's never seen a soccer game. And we try to introduce the horses to lots and lots of different experiences in a positive way so we can help them determine what they're going to be good at rather than saying, you know, you've got the best trot in the world. You're going to be a show hunter. Maybe not. He might have a gorgeous trot and might despise being in a riding arena. Mm. Um, so we try to, to do that. And then once we figured that out, just give them the basics. Yes, I know how, what a leg is for and, and what an inside and outside rein is for. And then see if we can't move them on to a... Uh, a new home where they can be happy for many, many years to come. Oh, someday. <laughs> it's enormous fun because the horses always have something to say. It's just so much fun sitting on their backs and going, you know, what do you think? And it's, it's a lot of fun because some of them think and some of them don't. And when the little light bulb comes on and they go, oh, I've just had a thought. And when you're a three-year-old thoroughbred, a single complete thought is a big, big deal. <laughs> It's a really big deal. Um, and you finally have that moment. It's so much fun. It's like a child's first step. Thoroughbred retraining is actually a pretty good spectator sport, too, if you know what you're looking at. Because you can actually see those little light bulb moments. Yes, you can see them going, oh, I thought, I thought, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> they do. It's not like quarter horses, you know. Even when they're green, they're going, do, 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 do. You can smell the brains are going. Uh, you know, the, the American racing thoroughbred is not designed for that. Um, yeah. They really are my flav- favorite flavor of horse, and you might have noticed that by my tone. Um, but they're really not designed for thinking at an early age. Okay. I was kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> now, we can now, all relate. Sis, Sissy, you're a, you're a big fan of the quarter horse, and uh, tell us well, where, what's your deal. Where you you know you come out of the woodwork. We want to hear all about you. Oh dear, what's my deal? Um, I started riding when I was about six, 
Um, so Jen and I are the same in that respect. My grandmother actually, I thought about this today. When did I start riding? My grandmother um, had bought a horse for my aunt and um, she did some riding, but just, you know, kind of trail riding and things like that. And I, I did, I caught the bug and um, I started doing, uh, having lessons over at a little stable in Beverly, which is nearest called Pine Tree and took lessons there for years and years. And then um, we didn't have a lot of money. So um, my parents said, well, we can't you know, do this anymore. And I was about nine years old and I picked up the yellow pages and I found a stable and called and said, I would love to muck your stalls and uh, ended up at a great stable in Hamilton, Mass, um, called Pine Grove Stables. And I was a working student for many years, got to go out um, hunting and um, learn from Patty Murray, who is a wonderful equestrian and a legend around here a legend who's no longer with us but um and then i i found boys <laughs> and fell out of horse life for a while and was a grown-up for a while and had children and um i have fallen hard back into horse life yeah what um, was the trigger in my 40s um but I'm, I'm not as brave as i used to be and so that's i think why i kind of tend to like a quarter horse a little more. Um, I think they have good heads on their shoulders. and um, They have an excellent sense of self-preservation. Right, so right, important. and I'm all about that. Yeah, it's like, you know, some of these higher-strung breeds are like sitting on a, sitting in a race car with a cut with a driver that has a death wish, you know? Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> they should ask questions later, but the, the quarter horse kind of brings you along for the ride. It's like, all right, we got to save ourselves, and you're coming with me, so hang on, honey. Right, exactly, exactly. Um but one more thing I just wanted to say, too, I, um, I have MS, and I've had it for 20 years, and a lot of people talk about how good riding is for MS, and one of the reasons is, I, I guess, it's one of the only sports that use both sides of your brain, which I find really interesting. Oh. So it's now, for nothing let's, else. Let's qualify that. When, when done well, it oh. Well, then maybe it's not as beneficial as I think it is. <laughs> But I can hold my own. That's that's yeah, yeah, you 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 certainly can. So so it it helps with um it helps with MS in that it actually keeps your both sides of those brains going and exercised and, and functioning. Right, right. Exactly. You need to exercise your brain with everything, but um, you know, it helps because the MS kind of is misfiring signals and so it helps maybe I'm just making this stuff up but it sounds no, no, really I, good. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm forming a question this very minute sissy because um a seminar i went to several lifetimes ago touched on these kinds of things with teaching yeah. riding and left brains and life brains like mm-hmm. right brains um mm-hmm. give me an example of something that really exemplifies you using both sides at the same time while you're on a horse Let's see. Um, okay, because one side is, is your thinking side and the other side is your physical side, right? Is that how it works? Right. Okay, so when would I be using both sides of my brain? Um, perfect example, last year I sat on a horse um, who happened to be uh, a thoroughbred who had been on the track, and I've always ridden um, appies and quarter horses and, and horses like that, and I didn't realize that when you – um, ask a horse to stop and you pull your reins back, that with a, a lot of thoroughbreds at race, that means go. And right. so I had to use both sides of my brain to physically hold on 
and not come off this horse who decided to take a few jumps while she was taking off with me. Oh, yummy. And had to use my thinking part of the brain to figure out how can I stop this horse besides just with my physical strength. So you had to, yeah. you had to overcome your instinctive urge to pull. Right. And, right. And, and overcome that with a, with a cognizant movement with your physical body to do something that was your body was saying, no, 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 don't do that. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I think that's one good example of um, <laughs> why you do And you have to do it on the fly. It's not like you can plan ahead. I mean, yeah. sometimes no. you can, but... You have to do that lot 35 of... miles an hour. Yeah, right. I was going about a buck 80 over a few jumps. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> At a full gallop. So, yeah, I think that um, it really you really do have to use a lot of your brain to be on the back of a horse. Cool. And to so. stay on. And, a lot, and the other side of your brain to stay on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so anyway. uh, yeah, so, so right now, but you, so you, you don't have any horses right now, right? No, I do not. And unfortunately I have spent the last year sitting on a lot of horses and even Helena and I have <laughs> been to Pennsylvania and back a few times, um, brought some horses back and nothing's worked out so far, but I think I've learned a lot and, um, maybe, maybe this year we'll find something. But if not, well, with 700 acres to ride on. I know, right? <laughs> I have to get some. Uh, well, and since this is the Desperate Housewives, Horsewives show, I, I use this analogy with Helena sometimes with other folks. If you were dating and you only dated five guys in a year and couldn't find one you wanted to marry, would you be upset? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> right. Because, you know, you, those of us with the virus and... You probably feel this way too, Dina. When you're taking a horse into your life, that's a real, for most of us, a real emotional commitment. Oh, it's, it's very emotional. Yeah. And, and you th- know, th- that's why we come so, become so obsessed with, you know, just the right color of, of curry comb. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that's why we, we uh, that's why I'll never board my horse anywhere again. I need 100% control over everything that happens. But you know, I, it's, I think it would be easier to find a husband or a boyfriend than it is to find just the right horse. Well, at least, at least the husband or boyfriend has the potential to communicate clearly. That's yeah, true. Well, <laughs> there's lots of horses out there who are much better communicators than some men I know. Well, see, but maybe that's because we speak better horse than people. Yeah. Ah, right. see? Or it could just be that my, my standards for horses are higher than my standards for men. Too, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Dina, now how did you find yourself in this um, in this desperate horsewives predicament? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I was listening and envious that you all started when you were so young because I actually didn't start riding until I was probably my late twenties, early thirties. Did you? Oh, I was. And... No, you wanted to, or you just didn't have the opportunity until then. You know, I. I, I don't know. I grew up in the Midwest and, you know, spent a lot of my time in other sports, but wasn't really around horses. And uh, when I got to California, I had a friend who unfortunately um, had lupus and it was hard. She had a, a lot of horses on her property and she, she wasn't able to ride some of them because they were just too hard on her body. So she asked me if I would start riding some of the horses and she said, you know, she would teach me if I would commit to riding them. And and so for me, you know, it sort of started out as more, you know, something that I was doing with, with my friend and trying to help her. And, and then I sort of, you know, once, once I started, then it's sort of been 
you know, no turning back to huh? the other to the deep end, and I have never come back. Yeah, so <laughs> so we, I started riding a little quarter horse named Ten, and I I, knew, I didn't know what I was doing on my western saddle, galloping up you know the hills, and I'm sure you know, but but really just kind of learning very naturally with her because she was a very very naturally gifted um, horse rider. And then I kind of got the urge to start jumping, and so then you know started looking around this area for barns where I could do a little jumping. And of course, at the time, I didn't know anything, so I actually thought I knew how to ride a horse. So they asked me if I knew how to how to ride, and I said, of course, yes. And I had never actually sat on an English saddle, but so they put me in a class, a, like an intermediate jumping class. <laughs> I never sat on a on an English saddle. <laughs> They started to realize that I actually didn't know anything about writing. You, knew, you knew really, really well how to stay on, though. I do how to stay. Yeah, right. I, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, Ignorance so is anyway, bliss. I, I Sometimes I long for the days when I thought I knew how to ride. I do, too. Right? <laughs> yeah, now but, I realize how little, yeah, little I knew at the other hand, you got to give yourself credit. There's knowing how to ride and knowing how to ride. There was a day that there was no such thing as a riding instructor. You know, because you, yeah. there's a lot of people out there who've taken thousands of hours thousands of riding of lessons of that riding lessons don't know how to ride. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so. so, so, so <laughs> that's sorry. So go ahead. So, we, so we, got, <laughs> we got you up to there. So now you're, so now you're jumping and you have no idea what you're doing and you're in an English saddle and. Yeah. Was, was no, and then I just, you know, then I actually, they realized they needed to kind of go back to the basics with me and teach me. You know, walk, trot, canter, <laughs> all the basics, and, and you know, we've been passionate about it ever since, and so I've kind of started, so, you know, just doing little shows, and then you know, eventually we got more horses, and um, and now you know we try to ride probably, I don't know, four to five times a week, um, jump a little bit every time we we go out and ride, and so whenever you and your husband get to go to the barn together, and this is something that yeah. Glenn and I butt heads on a lot um mm-hmm. because he he loves horses just fine he's just not got the virus um he and i are constantly butting heads because when it comes to the barn and horses i'm a control freak it's done my way or the highway kind of person yeah and, you know he's you know he, he's gonna hang the bucket up with the thumb part of the snap sticking out and that oh. will drive me bonkers and you know i have to go change it yeah how do you how do you and your husband dif- deal with Differences on how things should be horse? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, we sort of decided that he would be in charge of the horses. Like Ooh, you're generous. Friend. Yeah, you know. You are a kind soul. It, does, Goodness. It, doesn't work, it doesn't work to have both of us, you know. No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, she's kind and smart. So, let's let's hear how she, how she finagled this one. No, he, but he, he knows a lot about, about, you know, horses and he studies a lot and he sort of, you know, reads a lot. And, you know, and on, on our website, equestrianlife.com, he, he's in charge of all the content and he, he built a whole wiki, um, on the, on the website. Oh, that's know, cool. Answering. Yeah. And so he's just done a ton of research and just knows a lot about it. And so, um, you know, it's, it works great because he, he knows a lot. He, he knows the right questions to ask. He, he. He loves it. He, you know, he's, you know, he's a little bit. He's like Glenn. You know, he's like a man of the people. So he likes to talk yeah. to everybody and exactly. talk to Exactly. Yeah. You know, learn something about everything. You know, he'll he talk. He, when you're walking around a horse show with him, you would think he's the mayor of the horse show because you know, <laughs> I, was, I was telling everybody Glenn is Bob Barker. 
<laughs> yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, they. And it it sounds like you have a lot of confidence in him, too, you know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that makes it easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the the, the only time that it's been funny for us is when we actually, you know, there was one period of time when we were competing in some of the same classes at the horse show. Mm. And, you know, he's also quite competitive. (laughs) When I I listened to the Horse Husbands episode, I didn't get any of that. (laughs) (laughs) He's very competitive, and so am I, and so... You know, he he just would do all of these things to, you know, try to throw me off my game a little bit um, before I went into the ring. And he'd always make me go first so that, you know, he could watch me do the round. Ooh. It was so, <laughs> so funny. And he'd, you know, walk in the ring and announce to everybody standing around that his goal was to beat me in that class. I'm like, oh. he He was going on and on during the Horse Husband show about never having forgotten a jumping course. This is accurate information? <laughs> He said that? He said that. Yeah. He said he's never, <laughs> never, missed a, uh, never messed up his course. Maybe he hasn't. I don't know. I can't remember a time that he has. This, so. this is what popped into my devious and really probably not so husband-friendly no, I, think, I guess I haven't seen him go off course, so maybe that's true. What you huh. need to do is get yourself to one of these smaller shows and, yeah. make, and get it set up so he's the first one in the class. Yeah. Put up a bogus map. There you go. <laughs> and then when he's not looking, you put up the real map. <laughs> and maybe oh, even dear. maybe even let him watch somebody do the course properly when he's memorized it wrong. And just play with oh. his head a little bit. Oh, that's funny. That's maybe that's why my nice husband doesn't like going in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. It's, you think, it's Jenny? Actually funny. It's actually funny with him on the courses because usually I, I tell him what his course is because he's I'm, I'm a very visual learner, so I can look at the course and memorize it quickly. Oh, so you're his coach? No, 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 no. But, <laughs> but I do, you know, that's why he makes me go first, too, because he likes to watch to see. But, um, but he's more of an, you know, an auditory learner, so I will tell him what his course is, and he can then memorize it. But he's so funny. He never looks at the course map, so I'm not sure if that would oh, work. See, <laughs> this whole conversation fascinates me because I am plain old course disadvantaged. I've messed up more courses than 10 other competitors combined. <laughs> so, I'm always curious about people who don't go off course. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Do you guys talk that's about why, the stuff That's why I started doing the Hunters. It's much easier to remember your course. Do you guys talk about this stuff over dinner? We talk about it all the time, yeah. I mean, with, our, with the website that we launched um, last fall, um, we spend all of our time talking about horse stuff. And we have now, to actually take time not to talk about it. Yeah. Well, that's, okay, that's so the next 30 minutes, no horse talk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can we not talk about it tonight, please? If yeah. I get somebody who's got a horse-educated ear, I feel like, oh, my God, I can't, there's just not enough time in the day. I want to talk more horses, more horses, more horses. I, I wonder what it would be like. Would it, like, do you ever want to stop? Or do you have to stop talking about it? Do you have to give yourself, you know, an hour break? We're not going to talk about horses. Yeah, well, you know what I find? Like, because, because we're doing this website... Um, what I find is, you know, I, ha- I need time where we're not talking about the business, you know, of trying to, because we are so passionate about the website and really want it to be a great place for people to learn about writing, for them to get expert advice, for them to be able to ask questions and get answers. And, and it's something that we think about all the time, but I actually, we actually have to set times when we just <clears throat> agree that we're not going to talk about it because otherwise. Because it's work as well as we passion right now, isn't it? Because it's your yeah, work, exactly. your, it's, it's your 
your profession in addition to your passion. So you have to say, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we yeah. Have to, we have, yeah. And, and, and I, I, he's a great sleeper. So it's, you know, he can talk about something right before he falls asleep and he can sleep the whole night through. But for me, once we start talking about it, then I'm up half the night trying to figure out how we're going to, you know, build the new group section or how we're going to integrate X, Y, and And that, our devoted fans, is the difference between a horse husband and a horse wife. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That is it right there. Exactly. So some nights I just tell him, please, we cannot talk about it tonight because I have to sleep tonight and I can't. Now, Sissy, your husband is, is not, Mark's not at all horsey. How does he feel yeah. about um, your involvement with horses and, and uh, the time you take out? Even though you don't have a horse, you know, you, you, there's plenty of horsey things to do. I know, there, there truly are. Um, he's great. He lets me do whatever I want to do. So, you know, horses are otherwise. But um, it's, it's wonderful that he's okay with the horse thing because it's such a big part of my life. You know, Helena and I spend many evenings being 12 years old on DreamHorse.com, each at our own homes, on the computer, talking to each other. (laughs) There's silence. We're not even saying anything. We're just scrolling through all. We're scrolling through. (laughs) And then go, oh, did you see that one? Oh, did you see that one? Yeah. (laughs) And there was more than once last year when, kind of last minute, suddenly, Helena and I are in the car off for a few days looking at horses. I mean, I'll be back in three days. I'll be back in four days. I'll be back, you know, and he's like, okay, I'll see you later. So I have to say, yeah, definitely. He's, he's, he's great about it. So you, do you think that it. that stems from him um, understanding yeah. what it gives you or just because he's an incredibly understanding dude? I think he's a, just <laughs> a really good dude. <laughs> but, that but always course, helps. Like, Horse husband or not, any husband, that's always a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he does like the fact that it, it brings me so much joy, you know. Um, and it, it's a little easier when I don't have a horse because, of course, then I don't have to go to the barn every day, you know, and things like that. But um, it, it's all good. It's all really good. Will you tell him horse stories? Like, does he get it? Or does he get that glazed over look like my he husband? Glazes I was just going to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to tell him about your ride um, on sat on the other day with your new horse. And he's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said, oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But um, I'd like him to, he can ride. I have ridden with him. We went oh. on a cruise and he rode once. My 30th birthday, he took me on a a trail ride at the scariest place, but he found it all by himself and he came out riding with me. Brownie um, points for him, man. Yeah. He got it in him. So he, can't, he, he would ride if, if we, you know, ended up with some horses that were um, good for him, he would be right out there with me. So let's say you get the, the Lampton house all set up and you've got this whole state park at your, out your back door. <laughs> Do you think he'll, he'll be out there on the trails with you? Oh, definitely. If we had, if I had a horse for him, yeah, yeah, he. Well, would. that's not a problem. We'll find one. Well, I was going right? to say that not, that just doubles your shopping obligation. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find my own first. Last year, one of the horses that I brought back ended up being blind. <laughs> so in one, eye. one eye. <laughs> well, he can still see outside the other head side of his head. Yeah, he but just didn't know, want to go that way. Oh well, that does cause problems. That single direction turn thing. Yeah. Right. Right. He had no steering and. You know, if it, I'm looking for a fox hunter. So do you really want to take a horse out fox hunting that can't see? Did that. Well, that's probably not the best idea. <laughs> oh, so she's the wrong person to say that. Oh, my God. 
she was not, she was a thoroughbred. She did not have thinking cells. She you pointed her and she was going to run just as fast as the horse in front of her. It didn't matter if she could see. Was that Hazel? Oh, no, no, no. That, see, was, that you, was a that was a different one. Okay. You go back to the mind that he was a quarter horse, so he was thinking about how can I not hurt myself. Well, and he was thinking, you know, it would be really stupid for me to turn that way. Human, what are you thinking? Yeah, you're right. But he's like, I can't see. I'm not going that way. That's right. See, she didn't care if she was going to run into a tree. If the horse went in front of her went that way, she was going to. Oh my goodness! Well, needless to say, he went right back to where he came from. Now. After the yeah. summer was over. And, he wasn't um, quite suitable. No. <laughs> Poor guy. But anyway. So, Dina, your your mm-hmm. husband is more horsey. Do you mm-hmm. find yourself at dinner with friends starting to talk about horses and having, having everybody else at the table get the glazed look? No. We're pretty – unless – Unless we're having dinner with horsey people. Oh, you're you know, manly, aren't you? You don't talk about the boring stuff in front of your non-horsey friends. <laughs> well, I don't know about I mean, if it's mixed company, we have to just kind of, you know. To tone it down. Show some restraint, yeah. Yeah, but, you got to tone it down, yeah. Yeah, but usually, we, you know, a lot of times we have a lot of, like, you know, a dinner party and it's all horsey people, so, you know, we can all go crazy. Well, then it doesn't matter. You can talk. Yeah, exactly. That's the best Yeah, it, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, not not so much. I mean, we've... We can, we, we've seen that look before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and see, some people are better at recognizing the glazed look, yeah. and some of us keep continue to blabber just the same. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> dinner at my house. That category. Well, I I consider myself sort of a um, an equine missionary. Like I want to convert everybody. Well, so even if the conversation has nothing to do with horses, I will make it go. I'll turn it into a horse conversation, this, and this then this is no joke. People you know, will stop Helena on the street and ask her about her horse. Yeah. Complete strangers who don't know who she is. She's, <laughs> they see Helena, and you can ride down the streets in the town where she lives. It's pretty cool. You're just walking down the sleepy little street in the sleepy little town on your pony, and Auntie Jane, who's visiting from Virginia, will stop Helena and start asking her questions about it, and all of a sudden, Helena's made a convert, and she's ready to buy her first horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, preaching up there. <laughs> you can pet him. He's a 14-year-old quarter horse. <laughs> You can take lessons, you know, you don't need to be rich. You and can you be a work commitment from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I won't have to worry about the, the horse thing. He's afraid you'll make him commit. Well, we're so bad up here that um, we've started a little thing that we like to call book club. And mm. we meet at the barn and we tell our husbands we're going to book club, but we're really just going to sit in the barn and talk about horses. Yeah, oh. we bring a few cocktails. <laughs> of course we bring cocktails, <laughs> but we just sit in the barn and talk about horses and you know the boys think we're at book club where are you going book club meeting tonight we're going to book club <laughs> no either they they're on to us and they don't care or they're just really that glazed over we but you know that's of no consequence we it doesn't matter we, which it is right, it does, right. It's, it's of no consequence you're right so right. what book are you reading uh <laughs> yeah, you Miss do Steve. need to coordinate with the other ga- coordinate with the other gals on that please oh goodness now, if your husband starts telling you he's joining his own book club. I don't know, right, what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, you better watch out. <laughs> Go to book club, hon. Oh, boy. Well, we can you, all right, I just want you all to be aware that it's been officially, it's been 47 minutes. Oh, wow. That we've been oh. blabbing here. Does it, does it feel like that long to you? No. No, no right. So this is how the life of a horse wife goes <laughs> i mean you start blabbing about horses and the next thing you know an hour's gone by it, yeah it goes by really fast 
Yeah, that, that's, that's, the joy, that's the joy of the whole equestrian life. You can do that with four million horse people. Exactly. Oh. There you go. Oh, and you yeah. can get all, I, you know, I was up there putting my, I, I joined and I was putting up information about Zeke and horse businesses and looking at other people's horses and competition records and, you know, successes and failures. And you, again, you go up on equestrian life and an hour goes by and you go, oh, geez, I got to go to bed. <laughs> I got to feed my kid. <laughs> got to feed your kid. There you go. Now, this probably wouldn't be a good idea to do, but perhaps because – you know how in, in states where they have a lo- lot of gambling, like casinos, and, and you mm-hmm. see them around here near the racetracks, they have the giant billboard that says, if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should there be something on equestrian life that if you think you have a horse addiction problem, <laughs> please call? Or maybe a little alarm that goes off every six hours to encourage you to <laughs> – you know, doesn't the Wii well, you know, once in a while tell you to take a break and go outside? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. When you play Wii, I think it does that. It's funny you say that because we've actually received some emails from some of the members who have asked us to start other websites around their husbands' patrons so that ooh. they won't get in trouble for spending so much time looking, looking at all the questions and watching the videos. And so we had, we had a, a really fun um, wife asked if we would start a hunting site so her husband could spend as much time on the hunting site as she's spending on the equestrian life site. Well, there you go. Could you create a cooking one for my husband and a sailing one? Yeah, actually, we've been talking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let us know if you need a, if you need a chef. <laughs> you need a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I hate to wrap this up because I could go literally all night long, but we, we're... Uh, we're getting to the the end of the show. Oh, it's the witching hour. It, okay. it is. It's we're we're basically quickly approaching fifty minutes, and I've got some housekeeping that I need to do. Blah blah blah. Oh. <laughs> um, but I really Every, I, everyone that thinks that all horsewomen should have a maid, please raise their hand. Both my hands up. Hands. Yeah. Both hands up. Yeah. Both hands up. Hands up. Hands up. Maids and babysitters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Um. So I really, I just want to say thank you a gazillion times over to Sissy Finn, Dina Burquist, and Jennifer Hebert. Let's do this again. Thanks for having yeah. us on. Episode Let, two. Thank you so much. Let's see that we can have our own little sub show. We can pick our own topics. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have to say the one, the, the funny thing is, is that the show was supposed to be sort of the counterpart to the horse husband's show and, you know, talk about what it's like to be, you know a horse wife. I love how we went off on a tangent and started talking about things that had nothing to do with well, husbands. See, I don't think that they went, I don't think that they went over it on the horse husband show, but that's probably the most, that's the biggest problem horse husbands have is they can't keep their wives focused on anything except horses for more than about 15 seconds. Right. But it, it is so permeated their life. They don't even notice anymore. They give up. They give up. They give up. Yes. I love it. We are a smart bunch. Yes, we are. Well, thank you again, and I I hope that um, I'm definitely going to do this again, and I hope that the three of you will will join me. It's been enormous sure. fun, Helena. Thank and thank great you, to Helena. meet the other two of you. You too. All right. Too. Thanks, thanks Helena. Bye bye. What a great show. Honestly, I could sit around for hours and hours and hours and talk horses with my girlfriends. Maybe there's a spinoff show in there somewhere. Well, I thank you for joining us today, and I'd like to give you a heads up on some of the other great shows that are coming up on the Horse Radio Network. 
This week on the 2010 Radio Show, Glenn had the CEO of the Alltech FEI 2010 World Games Foundation speaking about the preparations for the 2010 World Equestrian Games. Visit 2010radioshow.com. And on the eventing radio show, Glenn and Chris had the ultimate horsewoman on this week, Karen O'Connor and her longtime groom, Max. Karen and Max talked with Glenn about past Rolex events, the greatest pony in eventing, Teddy O'Connor, and what lies ahead in their future. Visit eventingradio.com for details. And be sure to listen to Stable Scoop next week, where we feature Mustangs and the Extreme Mustang Makeover. You can see our show notes at www.stablescoop.com. And as always, we love to hear from you, so send us feedback. You can call us at 270-803-0025 or send email to geeks at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks very much to our sponsor this week, The Barnworks. And again, we thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with my co-host, Glenn the Geek. Of course, we'll be here with The Scoop. 